Welcome to the Nopal Queens podcast. This is your chingona, La Sirena, a licensed clinician and higher education professional. Hola, and I'm La Estrella, and I'm a first-gen financial inclusion and brand marketing leader and badass queen. And here at Nopal Queens, we serve up real conversations about mental health and wellness from the Latinx perspective. Come on in, familia. Están en su casa. Hola, gente. Welcome back. This is the last episode of season two. So this is episode 10 of Nopal Queens. And I am La Sirena, your co-host, here with La Estrella. Hola, gente. Hey, La Estrella. Well, thanks for joining me today. Um, So this is an episode that's going to kind of, you know, end out um, season two. And then we're going to be back with brand new episodes uh, for season three starting in September. So we will um, talk about some great stuff today. And then we will still see you on social media and be back up and running um, because we've got to take our break and role model good self-care. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. We need our, our break too, but we're excited about wrapping up the season and bringing in, um, you know, new guests and new content in season three. Yes, absolutely. All of our guests this season were awesome. I do want to just shout them all out and thank them. Yes, we had some amazing guests on the show that shared some really great knowledge, expertise, um, and just a little bit about them. It was really great getting to know our guests this season and having them on the show. And um, hopefully you guys as our listeners enjoyed um, having some of those guests as well. Yeah, just to see all the amazing work mental health, well, Latinx folks are doing in mental health and and wellness. Um, So this episode today, I think we wanted to start with a check-in just to see how we were doing. The last episode we had, we just shared about how we've been coping through COVID. um, And this episode is just sort of like, all right, what's our game plan? How are we going to move forward and get through the rest of this year? But um, how are you doing, La Estrella? Ah. You know, I feel I always feel like that's a loaded question, right? Because some right? days I feel like, you know, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm I'm getting by. I'm getting things done. Things are looking up and then, you know, something else happens and, you know, we hear about something else in the news, another tragedy and it just like brings me back down. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've just been in a little bit I would say of a little emotional roller coaster. Um it's been, you know, I've I've had a lot of heaviness in my heart and some days have been hard to just like get through my day-to-day work. So I, I try to give mm-hmm. myself a break, but overall, you know, I think I'm, I'm doing a lot better than I think one of the last times we checked in with COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Things have been, you know, a little bit more on the up and up on, on for me on my, per, on the personal side. So that's really great news for me. And I'm just glad that you know, I'm trying to just keep a, a temperature on how I'm doing and checking in with myself and, you know, trying to mm-hmm. communicate with my husband and, and with my kids as well. Like when mommy's not doing well and I'm having a hard day or, you know, so just letting them know that how I'm actually feeling so that they, you know, aren't like 
she is crazy. Why is she flipping out on me? You know, so overall, it's been it's been a journey this year for sure. But thing, things are going yeah. um, a lot better. And, you know, I'm just trying to stay hopeful. Mm -hmm. I know because so many things have happened this year. You do have to kind of have more self-awareness more than ever. Yes. Just to check in with yourself about all the things happening. And we're going to get into some of those things today. But we've just been getting rocked back and forth with different kinds of news and hit from all sides and all these like social issues intersecting at once. Yeah, I'm sure of this year of all years of my life, I've been doing the most check-ins. Like, how are you doing with this? How do you feel about this? How is this going to impact you? And also just like growing professionally and personally and just re-understanding, you know, old family dynamics or relationships or learning how to speak my truth and boundaries. Like, it's just been a year of a lot of hard work, but I think it's good work. It's a good work. It needs to be done. Um, but self-reflection is probably the theme of the year for me. Yeah. Too, so. Same, mm -hmm. girl, same. It's, yeah. it's been a lot of growth. You know, growing pains. So they're called growing pains for a reason, right? It's yeah. not easy. But I think the awareness part of it that you mentioned, Sirena, is so important because I feel like now more than ever, as a society, we're a lot more aware of mm. everything mm -hmm. that's going on you know, even within our own, you know, family dynamics and, you know, yeah. why we do the things we do or why we are the way we are. I feel like growing up, you didn't really see or hear that. Like, you know, people talking about how aware they are of their, you know, their trauma and the triggers mm -hmm. and addressing them and trying to react differently and doing different things to help in that healing and that growth journey. But I feel like I see that a lot more now. And I think it's mm -hmm. awesome that we're just a lot more aware collectively. Yeah. We're a lot more I think powerful that's, that way. That's so true. That does give us power to, it's okay sometimes to look back in the past and like re-understand something with the new life experience mm -hmm. that you have and new knowledge you've picked up along the way or events in your life, like becoming a parent, you know, or having a partner or just like, life's milestones as you reach them and get more wisdom you can kind of look back and like re-understand things or forgive yourself or forgive others or yeah. you know like well that's why that person was like that they were really stressed out or I would okay like this is a funny example when I think I've been starting I'm starting to see those memes out of Britney Spears like with her head shaved and people were like okay now in my now in my 30s like, yes. I completely understand her I, or totally I completely get see where she gets Brittany, yeah. same <laughs> same right like okay I get it now but you know sometimes people just have to get that life experience or go through something stressful and just realize like I understand now why my parent did this or that or why my sibling was that way and just understanding life in a different lens but that's that's okay. I think we all get pressure to like have closure on things and then don't open mm -hmm. it again. Right. And honestly, healing doesn't work that way. I think healing does mean sometimes like just re-understanding or rewriting your narrative, hopefully for the positive, like yeah. under, just rewriting your narrative with more understanding and yes, letting and that be the, yeah. And what you didn't know at the time. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's a vehicle for, your own forgiveness and forgiving others um and because yeah we're too stressed right now I, I can't carry on like bad like 
baggage from the past. Like I've got to be in a healthy mindset because even just surviving the present moment is stressful. Yes. So, you know, I'm just like, what can I let go? I am carrying too much. Like I need, yeah. I need to be traveling light these days with all the stuff going on around us. Yeah. Let go of some of that baggage. Yeah. You know, we, we don't need to carry it around anymore. And, and I think yeah. being aware of what that is and that it's, you know, we can tell ourselves like, Hey, it's okay to let this go. It's like, it's time, yeah. you know, and sometimes you got to do it over and over again and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's just, yeah, over and over and, um, and that's like part of healing. I think that's normal actually. Yeah. Um, but we're not told that. So that's been my, I think that's my check-in It's just lots of growing, lots of reflecting, letting go, forgiving, and it's sometimes nice just to say nothing. Like I've, I've got things on my mind and I could tell you my truth, but <laughs> also I just don't want to. I'm tired. <laughs> and, yeah. and if I did nothing, like this might be okay too. So learning, learning when it's okay to speak up and then learning when like speaking up might add more confusion and more misunderstanding and mm-hmm. versus like letting go and just letting some things lie. You can't, you know activate everything yeah but that's my new wisdom in my life I'm gonna be 40 in a couple years so there you go I just told you my age (laughs) but (laughs) um and I'll also tell you my birthday so I do accept gifts (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like I I love that and honestly the point of all my talking about this just like how much more free I feel and ready to tackle the the current present moment because I think that's what we wanted to talk about today was just like there's a lot going on right now it is extremely stressful to be a human. Just the human experience is freaking traumatic. Like, what happened? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? It's been so rough. You know, you go through rough patches, right? You're growing up. Like, obviously, teenage years are always bumpy. And you kind of expect as you get older, like, you realize, like, you're going to have, you know, these times in life where you're going through hard times or you're going through really good times. And it's kind of like the normal cycle of life but it just feels so hard right now like it's tragedy after tragedy bad news after Mm -hmm. bad news like Mm -hmm. our country's going backwards yes like what is going on like i'm I'm, like like seriously it's a i'm asking for a friend what is going on (laughs) is this real are we in the twilight zone you know like Mm -hmm. it's just wild it's wild times right now yeah, I think one of the things that shook us the most recently was the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I had such a heavy heart. That day was just, like, so rough for me. I just, like, my mm-hmm. my heart sank to my stomach. And I just thought, like, we're really living in these times right now. Like, mm-hmm. as a woman, I don't have full autonomy over my own body. Right. In this country. I like, yes, I live in California, so that right is protected here. But there are 21 states that were ready to enact a ban on abortion as soon as that uh, overturn mm-hmm. happened from the Supreme Court. And, you know, it just makes me feel so just like heartbroken and angry and sad, like everything, all the things. Right. It's like all of these different emotions happening at the same time and it's like how do you deal with that right how do you Mm -hmm. cope with the myriad of emotions 
Yeah, it, it did feel like an attack on women or people who give birth. Uh, because I know it didn't ban abortion in and of itself. It just transferred power to the states. But 21 states were ready to ban it, right? And may have already. So it does impact us as women. And it basically is like, depending on what state you're in, your body has rights or not. And I just feel like that was a really bad, a gross misjudgment of the Supreme Court to assume that our right as women should be with our state because our states all differ. And then it's like, what is a right then if it can vary so much? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, I, yeah. I guess I was feeling like something's not right in this logic. I could punch holes in it all day. So what is this really about? And I do really feel like we're not ready to give women full autonomy over our ourselves our sexual selves our anything you know yeah and we're just constantly like told what to do but you know if you don't want to get an abortion you don't have to which is beautiful right if you want to have all the babies in the world you can but for those who may actually suffer financially socioeconomically mentally from forced birth like we shouldn't be forcing them right i mean I just feel like that's such a personal choice and sometimes for people while they would love to they may not be able to like and and I just feel like for health reasons and even I like there shouldn't even be a justification right no. like but because no, like you said it's if such a woman an intimate personal yeah, decision if a woman just feels like it's not right and she's listening to her intuition you've got to trust that, you know, you've got to trust the woman. So I don't know, I guess we're not there yet. We have, we're not being trusted as much still and we're not given rights. And then who runs healthcare industry, who runs, you know, the Senate and the assembly and mm -hmm. like, and because all those folks, it matters because they're the ones who decide on the judges that go to the Supreme court, yeah. you know, and they're elected. And so, just thinking about who really has still a lot of power over the political system. It's males, right? And a lot we haven't have we haven't even had a female president yet. We have a vice president, that's kinda of close. But you know, it's still very much run by males and they're still very much if we have conserv say we have like a conservative president, they're gonna appoint a conservative judge. Right? And that's exactly what's happened. Um, I think the only three dissenting judges were from the Clinton and Obama administrations. Mm -hmm. So just just to know that, like, it depends on the political party of how judges get picked, <laughs> you know, and all that stuff. It just all, it makes me upset. And then I wonder, too, how many other people feel, like, helpless and hopeless that... Like, we can't really touch those parts of government. You know, we, we don't even sit in those circles or close to it, a lot of us. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a, it's been hard because you just don't know where to even start to fight for it, you know, to fight for yeah. change. It just feels mm -hmm. like, what what do we do, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there is, I believe, a lot that we can still do. And, of course, people are going to continue to fight back. We're fighting back. We're speaking up. You know, hopefully people will go out there and vote. Um when it matters, which it always matters. So let's always go yeah. out there and at least do that at, at the minimum. But it does feel very hopeless, you know? It just feels like what, what now, you mm -hmm. know? And it really mm -hmm. does make you wonder, like, what is this really about? Is this really about women and controlling 
women's bodies. Our bodies. Our bodies. Yeah. Or, you know, is it about power and control politically? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we're still, you know, yeah, like we're still at, at the bottom of the food chain here as, as, as right. women in this country. And it's just, it blows my mind. Yeah. How, you know, and people forced- are still like, oh, you know, we live in a free, free country. It's a free country, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it though? No, no, not, not, not right now. Yeah. Depending on what state you're in, you may not actually have those freedoms. So... But, you know, forced birth in this country, to me, is unsettling only because we don't have it together when it comes to social support. We don't have it together when it comes to affordable housing or health care. We are still trying to figure out how to, like, provide a good education to our students. And I don't think we have it together to be able to handle, like, forced birth. You know, I think... I think that would definitely de- be detrimental financially to women and also men that are impacted by this, you know, as well. Because yeah. men are going to be impacted financially, too. It's not just the woman. It's the family unit, right? Whether or not they're together, it's just it's the parents who are in charge of this little baby. Like, if they can't afford it, then that that's systemic poverty right there just perpetuating. Anyway, so I mean, it's just a very personal the system, too, like for families, yeah. those that can't. They just can't. I don't. Those kids, you know. Exactly. I don't think it's like an evil decision when people decide not to have kids. I think it's truly like, I've, you know, I don't know that this is going to be a good upbringing for this kid, or I don't know that I'm going to be able to provide resources and, or even just like my body. Like I don't know if I want to carry, yeah, you know, for nine months. Or everyone has has a different reason or approach to maybe why their intuition is telling them not right now. You know, and it's just such an intimate decision. I don't really want to know. Like, I don't care to know. I don't want to know. You, I just want to know that you have that decision and right. And I have the decision and right. And everyone else does. I don't care why you would do it. I just want to at least ha- know that you have that option. And if you want to take advantage of motherhood and force and like and birth. And that's a beautiful thing too. Like it's where did we come up with this solution that we have to take away the right, you know, to women. So anyways, I have so many more questions and I have answers it just opened a wound instead of having any kind of closure to this year. And like, and we're just halfway through 2022. Yes, so. I know it's, what the heck? it's wild. I mean, we still, mm-hmm. and in the U S we still have one of the highest mortality rates for uh, mm. black women giving birth. Like right. why aren't we, why aren't we taking steps to fix some of these broken systems and, and issues that we're dealing with as a society instead of saying, Oh, Hey, um, we're going to ban abortion and for- force birth in a society mm-hmm. that still doesn't provide any resources for right women who are raising small children and families that so, are raising small children. You bring up a good point. Like if we are going to do this, I want to see better health care. I want to see, like you were mm-hmm. saying earlier to me, um, La Estrella offline, better universal, well, universal child care. I want to see better family leave packages, no matter where you work. I want to see universal income piloted in more cities. Like, if we're going to force people to have kids, then I better see on the other side of that equal amounts of support provided to parents. Yes. Or else I'm calling bullshit. Yes. Because how much did we 
see and read of families that were struggling during the lockdown and the pandemic yes. when they closed down the schools and the children who you know need those free lunch programs because their families can't afford to feed them at every meal you know what i mean like so why are we bringing mm -hmm. more kids into this world when we don't ha even have systems in place for the ones that are already here right to help exactly children thrive yeah now and we're a mental health podcast so i think we want to bring these issues up and intersect them with just pausing and asking ourselves like how are we really doing with this news and do, have we gotten a chance to really process this mm -hmm. and talk with someone or share our concerns uh, because we just hear this news and then we keep going, right? Work, 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 our family. Like it just, yeah. we don't really have time to pause. But I do feel like a lot of folks out there need to pause and just take a breath and like figure out how they feel about all of this um, and what to do next, right? What can we do next? But on top of the Roe v. Wade stuff, and we were talking about like safety of kids and, you know, even that, say you do have a child like, we still have issues attacking, like, LGBTQ kids, kids from other, like, migrant kids, right, or undocumented children, or um, children just growing up in poor neighborhoods, like, don't have a lot of social support. Um, and then we have mass shootings that are now still targeting schools, right? So, again, I just question, like, we still have to work on some things before we start forcing people to have kids yes, in this country. Yes, we're not even safe anywhere. Our children aren't safe in schools. We're not even safe at our local grocery stores. Like, it's mm. it's a lot, right? So why, why yeah. aren't we looking at those issues that really matter, that we really need to take a look at and make some changes that are actually going to make things better here for us as citizens yeah, of this absolutely. country and our children? You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a scary time, I think, to also be a parent. Like for me, my, my son's going to start kindergarten next year and I'm, I'm scared about it. I'm terrified to think of him mm. going to school and something happening, you know, like it's just, it's so much, it's so much yeah. to be dealing with right now. We've just been going through a pandemic. We went through a really rough two years, mostly on lockdown. There's just yeah. been so many, you know, uh, Killings still happening of black and brown men by police officers, mm -hmm. the mass shootings, like, and then Roe v. Wade gets overturned and it's like, girl. Yeah, girl, exactly. When is it going to end? It's that's so it. I think that's what brought us together today is just to extend that feeling out to our gente. Like, I know a lot of us are struggling with these intersections of all these things happening all at once. You've got to be asking yourself, like, WTF, what is going on with this country right now, right? Just just the pain and the harm being inflicted physically, emotionally, psychologically. But, yeah, the mass shootings right now are pretty rough. Like, between, like you were saying, schools, grocery stores, the recent parade. Mm -hmm. I mean, that little boy who was left, you know, to oh, be an orphan. Yeah. And it's you've so got... heartbreaking. Yeah. I literally I opened know. my phone. Before you and I got on Sirena and saw another, mm -hmm. another shooting, I think mm. in Illinois maybe. Mm -hmm. It's just like daily. We're 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 almost becoming so desensitized desensitized by it, but we we shouldn't be. We need to keep right. talking about it because that is the only way that we're going to make change by keeping the conversation mm -hmm. going and, and figuring out 
what we do next, right? Getting with Absolutely. community, with, with our support groups, joining, you know, activist groups and, and mm. anything to, you know, really just keep fighting and keep talking and keeping it, keeping it going. Let's not just keep the day to day going and, and not, not continue to address the elephant in the room, the multiple mm-hmm. right elephants in the room. Yeah, I think that's uh, exactly, and and I think civic engagement is so important, and I'm not sure we do it enough, especially in our community. I don't know if Latinos really engage, like, massively. Like, I really admire the Black Lives Matter movement, you know? Yeah. And I think we really have a lot of room to grow and to get involved, and I don't know if we're, like, filling our potential, right? I do feel like there's still gaps in our civic engagement and our push. And especially with the numbers we have in this country and like the influence we could have and the say that we could have, you know, I think we have a long way to go for that. But it doesn't mean we can't start somewhere. And I know there's a lot of programs now that kind of teach Latinos how to get involved in more civic engagement. Mm-hmm. So I'm very hopeful for the potential we have to, to like really fill those gaps. I I think a lot, I'm, I'm noticing this generation of Latinos are more open to talking about social issues and like yeah. facing it head on or getting involved. I do see that a lot for this new generation. So I have a lot of hope, but girl, where we are right now, we need to do more. I think we need yeah. to do more for our gente. So much more. You know, I was also thinking the other mm-hmm. day, like, man, like, you know, I was, I was born in Mexico. I, I came to the U.S. when I was two. So I was basically raised here my entire life, but you know, as, as a immigrant and like, you know, coming from a migrant family, like it just, you know, you look, you always grow, you grow up thinking like the American dream, right. And mm. coming to this country, you know, our, our parents and our family sacrificing so much, leaving everything behind to come here and just everything that's happened over the last several years have just made me feel like, well, why did we even come? Like, it, it feels like I used to have so much pride about, like, I, you know, I made it. Like, I'm, I'm in this country. I'm, I'm making mm-hmm. something of myself. I'm getting an education. I'm, you know, able to do these things that maybe if we stayed in Mexico, I couldn't have done. I don't know. But, you know, it just makes me feel so sad that, like, I feel like we're, we're under attack. And as mm-hmm. by our government, you know, and, and it's just so disheartening and but you think about this like who whose perspective has lent to the picture of the american dream Mm -hmm. from whose perspective was that from right yeah and from what time frame because the american dream in the 60s was housing was so affordable only one person needed to go to work Right. So yeah. someone got to go to work. Someone came, was able to stay home and raise children so you could have children and raise children and you could stay in the same company for 30 years. Right. But if you were white, if white families mm-hmm. like that was who the American dream was for. But what kind of American dream do we have when folks with accents get discriminated against? Right. Mm-hmm. Even just to have an accent, yeah. you can get discriminated against even to have ethnic hair. You can get discriminated against, like even just who you are, you can get discriminated against as people of color. So I always felt like the American dream was for, for white families, for, for white, heterosexual, middle class and upper, you know, Christian families 
that was what it was. White, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, right? The wasp. Yeah. But if you really talk to other folks that came over here, right, and are treated differently just for who they are, how they sound, what they look like, it's a whole different world. Like, it's a whole different Absolutely. thing. And then the there's this, I, this whole like, dynamic of, like, elevating people who made it right Mm -hmm. so it's basically showing other people of color like see you can do it too you just have to work hard it's like i can't work hard if there's discrimination or if latinas are the lowest paid right still Mm -hmm. of all wage gaps like i can't even afford my living expenses and i'm living paycheck to paycheck i'm not sure how you expect me to thrive right or go to school or seek a business license like i don't know what you think (laughs) i gotta work two jobs right a lot of families are or even if you do have money, there's still, of course, the idea of discrimination. But, yeah, you do kind of wonder, like, what is this American dream? Where is it? I've been searching for it. Yeah. And I don't know what you're talking about. But then also, I think a lot of white families had um, uh, inheritance. Mm-hmm. Generational wealth, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, to right? thrive and, and be able to get a leg up, you know to start a business or whatever, whatever dream they would have. But yeah, you're right, Tirana, that that is a very good, valid point. I actually saw something um, the other day, I think on TikTok or, you know, one of the socials. um, And it's Mm -hmm. like, you you have to, what did it say? To believe in the, you have to be asleep to believe in the American dream. Because wow. that's the only way, you know, only in your dreams will it come yeah. true. You have to be sleeping because it's just not like that anymore. Yeah. It's just that, a dream. Yeah. So that's, I think that's where a lot of DEI work is being done, right? And I think a lot of companies are re-looking at and rethinking how do we engage and be more inclusive because there's a lot of financial impact too to discrimination. Everybody loses, Right. And when you force people into poverty, because there were laws that prevented us, people of color, prevented us from education, mm-hmm. from even home loans, yeah, right? There were zones where literally it's still in language today in certain deeds and leases, like black people weren't able to own property or things like that. So or from becoming business owners, from getting a business right? loan to start a business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so then we were really kept from those opportunities. It's not that we're not capable. It's just there were literally barriers there. And it wasn't um, due to character. This is totally due to circumstances. Mm -hmm. So we're all still catching up. Uh, But you're right. But people still think of the American dream, and that's what they hold the standard to. And then they compare, right? Like, even we can internalize that. Even we do it to ourselves. Like, I'm not here yet. I'm not there yet. But But yeah, but who set the American dream standard? Come on. You, yeah. Unless you're like a white heterosexual male, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> With inheritance and generational wealth, like there were very specific things that went into the American dream that's not accessible to everyone, and that's not bashing the country. I think that's just being real about the circumstances mm-hmm. and the effects of these laws. So they are what they are. It's not an opinion. It's just that is what happened and that is what it is. So if people want to get offended by it, it's like, well, think critically and look at the history and look at the facts. Um, and if you and have feelings place, about it, stay curious. Yeah. They what? I said, and the laws that are in place or have been in place. Yeah. yeah. All of it. Exactly. So, And I think a lot of people are scared because we get gaslighted, right, when we want to talk about this. Like, oh, you're not loyal to your country or mm-hmm. you're bashing America or things like that. It's like it's the country that gave you freedom. But it's like 
I think when you love someone or something, you can healthily give criticism to see where it can improve. Absolutely. Because you think it's worth it, right? I think it's worth it. I think it's worth the time to improve. If I truly thought it was a piece of crap, I would have gone already, left somewhere else. <laughs> but I think that it's worth trying to have these conversations and make change just to see if we can positively affect a few more lives at a time. You know, yes. if, even if like a company hires people they would have normally not hired and they end up doing great, like that's a win. Mm -hmm. Or people getting more represented in media, which we'll talk about later, some wins, but like that's a win, right? So, um, yeah, I think we're making change slowly, but we still are not there and we definitely need to be keeping the conversation going like you were saying. Yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, we're, we're experiencing collective trauma, right, mm. as a society, and mm -hmm. that's, that's hard and it's heavy. Um, so I think, you know, just going back to just everything that we're going through, you know, normalizing just not feeling okay and normalizing yeah. feeling helpless and hopeless, you know, and... and you know, obviously there's, there are things that are out of our control, but I, mm. I do think it's important just to like normalize the feelings that we're having. I think that's so powerful what you said about collective trauma and also normalizing feelings. So, um, what do you think it's been like for folks, especially like when we're normalizing feelings and collective trauma? I, I mean, I know, I feel like there are people that are, you know, experiencing a lot of different things right now, um, especially mm -hmm. how we were talking about, like, just not even feeling safe really anywhere, especially I was talking to some of my friends, like any like really large gathering almost seems like either like, you know, like there's a festival happening mm -hmm. or, you know, even like a, a, a county fair type of situation. And one of my friends mm -hmm. was like, Ooh, we thought about doing something like that, but we were, we were just too scared. Like, what if something happens? What if there's a mass shooting? What, it, you know, and it was just, it was mm -hmm. too scary. So, you know, they decided to, to not attend. Um, but I think, you know, because we're experiencing collective trauma, that's also, you know, makes people very jumpy, hypervigilant, even irritable, honestly, because it's like we're experiencing mm -hmm. almost like, collective anxiety and depression and <laughs> you know yeah totally. all of it it's just it's a lot you know and I think it's okay we're, we're we're going through all of this and and we're experiencing it together as a community um as 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 a people here in our society and in this country and I think it's okay to not be okay right now because we've mm -hmm. been going through a lot it's been a lot for these last few years Mm -hmm. yeah I like what you're saying like it's it's okay to not be okay like it's okay to feel exhausted right now pissed off it's okay to just be like ugh like I feel crappy about what's happening and I don't feel like joyful or you know because sometimes we know our little level of energy and I know for me lately even if something exciting is happening I feel a little bit like yay but also uh there's so many <laughs> things going on in the world like I can't get to that full joy like I used yeah. to and I almost had to back up and not be like a perfectionist about emotions mm -hmm. like this is how I should feel and this is when and I should just keep going like I kind of let that go recently because I'm like okay no there's really just too much 
Like, yeah. I'm crabby today. Oh, well. <laughs> so, you know, or just like, I'm pissed at the government and the news. Now, everyone in my personal life, I love you all. But today, I just can't give you that love. Like, I'm pissed today. And if you talk to me, I'm going to be venting. So, if you don't want to hear my venting, don't talk to me today. Hit yeah. me up another day. Because today, I'm not your nice like pleasant like friend to talk to okay i'm on fire <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and fuck it <laughs> sorry that's how it is right no, now sorry. though you know it's true sometimes i'm just like oh, i'm so annoyed and irritable why and i'm like oh yeah it's just so much going on you know so much anxiety mm -hmm. over it and just all the things you know some days i don't i don't even know how to name my emotions these days sometimes i'm just like i don't know what i feel but it just doesn't feel good you know, so yeah. I'm just like, okay, maybe I'm just going to take a, a rest day and, you know, luckily I have the, the privilege of having a job that I can, you know, take the days off when I need to and, yeah. and I'm able to do that and I'm glad that I have that because I do need it, you know, and we need that. We need to, to be able to take a break. Sometimes I'll just, you know, take a day off and I'll just send the kids to daycare and binge watch, you know, like Grey's Anatomy or a show that I've already watched and it just brings me joy, you know, like, yeah. or I get caught up in someone else's drama, you know, and right. it's just, it just, that brings me joy. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's fun. You've got to do that and you have to let yourself be able to do that. Even if things are going on outside, you, you do have to be multi-storied. You can't just fit yourself all into one story and be stuck there. So I really appreciate that what you were saying and I have found myself watching some crazy TV recently and it is so satisfying yes. <laughs> but um yes so that made me think about um you were saying something about taking a break oh and uh, yeah that's what I wanted to say if you're a supervisor or a boss of some kind and you supervise people just remember that everybody is tired and there are going to be people that do need a day off or a break or were personally affected by a mass shooting or, you know, the Roe v. Wade stuff or anything else, right? Like police brutality or just living paycheck to paycheck and they need, so they've been like working so much they haven't gotten like a doctor's appointment they needed or rest, right? Or like you were saying, someone parents just need to send the kids away and have quiet but i always think about us like our brains are like engines you wouldn't let your car just go straight for like a week driving or like I think, leave it on in the garage or parked outside the house right. or whatever yeah. exactly and then you also you couldn't like without or you couldn't just drive your car across a state or i would even give you a 10-hour drive um without refilling your gas tank yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you literally can't drive a car. Or you can only drive a car so long until you have to eventually refill. Or if you got a Tesla, excuse me, well, but, but you got to, like, yeah, recharge, right? <laughs> so even if you have a Tesla, <laughs> first of all, awesome, <laughs> too. Excuse me. And also, yeah, go ahead and charge that thing. But you have to eventually, right? So you're we're humans, and we're just like that. Our brains are just going, going, going right now, whether you're living paycheck to paycheck, which a lot of people are right now. I just saw an article come out that like over 50% of Americans live that way now. Uh, whether you're hypervigilant, jumpy, irritable, like people need breaks. Our brains cannot just handle this and then go to work like nothing happened. 
um, especially if you're managing multiple hats and if you're a parent. So I have been so supportive of my staff taking breaks. If they need a day off, I'm like, please do because I don't need your crabby attitude if you're coming to work and you're forcing yourself, right? Mm -hmm. I'd rather you go home, get yourself together, and when you feel like you're on your A game, come back to work. And that might be a day and that might be two days. Like, I don't know. It depends on what's going on. I remember when my grandparents got shot, the mass shooting that we experienced. Okay, look, I took six weeks off because I could not even fathom that my abuelito was shot by, like, just in the checkout line at Walmart. You know, in front of my abuelita, and she had to witness that. And then she herself was shot and in the hospital. There was no way I was going to do my work. Like, the only option for me was to take time. Because I was so shocked and horrified and hurt. And, like, I can't even, I don't even know if there's words to describe how you feel when some, when you, you lose family to a mass shooting. I don't have words for you. But I have feelings. And I remember... I needed a break and the best thing my boss did was just like however long I don't care and I was gone for six weeks and they did have to do like a succession plan and put someone in place but mm -hmm. they figured it out and I do have to give my employer major kudos for figuring that out for me and not making me feel bad or rushed to come back or anything and it was beautiful and then guess what I went back and I did even better than before and in fact in the first six months I was back I had gotten published in something I was promoted and did all these other things that I could handle Good. because I took the time I needed and it was six weeks that's crazy right that's a long time but that's what I needed yeah I mean mm -hmm. people don't even take vacations that are that long so I, think that's, <laughs> I know people don't even go out on bereavement for that long they usually employers most employers don't even provide that that much time right even for bereavement right yeah so I think that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to have that because you do need that. You did need that. And it's true. Like, we are more productive when we give ourselves time to rest and when employers support um, their employees in that way and mm -hmm. giving them the time off that they need. And, you know, you get more happy and productive employees. That's just, yeah. you know, well, you and just I had work through all of all of the stuff that we're going through is just too much. It's you're going to you're going to get burned out. Absolutely. And I had to use like I went to a lot of therapy during that time um, because my brain had to calm down. Like I could not go to the store because that was around the time the El Paso Walmart shooting August 3rd, 2019 was right around the time of the Gilroy shooting. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there was one in Ohio and it was a string of them. And like two out of three were um, actually targeted to minorities. And then the person who shot my grandparents was targeting Latinos and so mm -hmm. there was some cultural stuff there that it was very scary to be out as a Latino and then also it really actually happened to your grandparents so why wouldn't it happen to you so a lot of that time I was like letting my brain calm down and like feel safe again I remember and now it's behind me so that's awesome but there was a time last day where like I had to really think and force myself to go to the store like it was crazy. And to this day, I do not go to a Walmart after 8 a.m. I have my partner take me at 7, like, when they open, if we have to go. And I won't go after that because, like, you know, 10 a.m. A lot of times shootings are happening, like, you know, 10. It just makes me so nervous. But then also we were able to take care of my abuelita because she was all of a sudden alone and then couldn't use her arm. And since they had to basically save it, she couldn't do anything at all with her whole body. Like, her, she was in the hospital for like a month. So we were taking care of her dog. We were taking care of her house, of her. 
and then there was like nurses and doctors that maybe was not culturally connecting so we would be the gap right connecting mm-hmm. either with translating or stop giving them caras abuelita. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or like giving her food that she wanted like i never understood the importance of cultural food i of course i do but not to the depth until you see your abuelita who only ever eats like really good you know traditional mexican mm-hmm. food get hospital food and it killed her soul I, I think she was more mad about that at some points than her actual injuries. Because like, honestly, food is healing. Food is healing. Right? And food that, that we connect with on a, like, on a cultural and spiritual level, like, yeah, that that is truly healing. And if people don't understand that, you know, then they yeah. can't really help you. And exactly. I'm so glad that your abuelita had you guys there to help her and support her through that such difficult tragedy it's a difficult time i know and that's the thing about latinos is a lot of us healing is family this is not something we do alone we didn't all just say oh abuelita's in a rehab hospital we're all good let's keep working like the healing was her knowing we were there Mm -hmm. you know and you don't know that unless you're in latino family and i noticed how horrible like the health system and mental health system just they don't get it they didn't get it um the importance that like no her healing is to know her son's right there or her daughter's mm-hmm. right there you know or someone's translating or her grandchildren are there helping or somebody brought food like if we were to leave her alone in there she would be so devastated like she required family and then we required each other mm-hmm. there was no other way right and so yeah. um but the amount of pressure to like everyone go back to work and um you know, time off was sometimes, like, not approved for certain people and things like that. It's like, do you know how this works for Latino families? (laughs) You know, so, but anyways, all that to say is, like, our brains, like, I had to take a break, and there was no other way to do it, and I'm a high-functioning, very educated person, right? And so, I just feel like, not that that means anything, but, like, even when you have all the resources, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to say I have a lot of resources at this time in my life, um, it's, like, Every brain needs rest, you know, and especially those that are really stressing out. Um, so if you're a boss, you know, try to, to be mindful and kind to your employees. If you need a break, just really be communicative and open with your supervisor. Um, and also sick days you have by law, you can use them if you have them. So, you know, I think everyone just needs to like be okay with that. And just like, yeah, we all might need a break at some point or another because there's too many things piling. But what can we do, La Estrella? I know you and I were talking about this offline. Like, there are things we can do. We are going to get through this. Yes. yes. And look how are. far we've come, right? Yes. It's been a long road, you know, just like fighting right in this country. Decades of fighting for our rights and fighting for our right to be here and for our freedoms and, you know, and all, all of the underserved uh, minority groups. Um, yeah, it's been a long time, you know, but it's, I do have hope. And, you know, I know we were talking about this a little earlier offline, Sita, and I was like, I, I want us to lean into hope and mm. find, you know, I think I've mentioned it on one of a our other episodes, like just finding a small joy, finding a little joy in the day, you know, or something to, or a little win, you know, something to make mm-hmm. you smile and 
keep that hope alive, right? I know that it's been feeling really hopeless, but I think it's important to hold on to hope. You know, mm. hope is yeah. what keeps people going. And we have to look and, you know, lean into it and, um, you know, look for the little wins that bring us joy. Mm-hmm. And I think for us as, as Latinos, I think it's been awesome to see Latinos winning, you know, in the news. And, um, you know, I know that we want to highlight that a little bit and, you know, just find a little bit of that joy of that happiness for our comunidad and for our gente that, you know what, amidst everything that's happening in the world and in the country, there are still good things happening. And I think it's okay to focus on, on some of that on the, on the really hard days to, yeah. to hold on to that hope, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also it reinforces this idea that we're multi-storied as people. Mm-hmm. And we're complex and we have multiple facets of our life. So one area of our life can be going completely well. Another area of our life can go to crap, right? But like we are not just one level of human. There's so much, so much to us. Yeah, but I love your idea about doing something joyful. I'm hearing you on the TV thing. I definitely have gotten into some good TV. And then I told you about my skincare routine in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm still doing that. And it feels awesome. And so, yeah, I do step away. But one book I read, it was called The Book of Joy. And, and it basically talks about this where it's okay to find some joy and gratitude. Or at least, very least, gratitude. Um, amidst like a lot of crisis. So I know I've mentioned this book before, but uh, it was just a beautiful book and it gave me permission to do exactly what you're talking about last day, which is like, how do I find joy? Am I allowed to have joy if I know all these things are happening? It's like, yes, you can have room for it all. There's room for all of it in your, in your heart. And, and in, in fact, yeah, like you're saying, like balancing it is probably going to be better for you in the long run mm-hmm. in your mental health. So you mentioned some wins in the community. Tell me about that. Yes. So I did want to highlight some really awesome uh, Latino wins that we've been hearing about in the news. And um, an awesome one that we actually posted on, on our Instagram story not too long ago is Harvard Law Review named their first mm-hmm. Latina president. Ooh, um, hey. So her name is Priscilla E. Coronado. She was elected to be um, basically the editor-in-chief of Harvard Law Review. And, uh, you know, she made history for being the first Latina to hold a role in the 136-year history of the Harvard Law Review. And I I also want to say that she might have, she might be the first, Maybe not the first female, but definitely the first Latina. And I believe she is Mexican-American, born to immigrant parents, and from California. Shout out to Cali. (laughs) So um, when I saw that, I was just, like, overjoyed. I thought it was amazing. I mean, look at us doing big things. Like, yes, queen. I love to see it. Like, I'm just, Mm -hmm. like, always in awe of these amazing uh, women of color or Latina women who are just so amazing and smart and, you know, just doing such amazing things in the world. And I just love to see it. It just, that brings yeah. me. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. And I just think about like her moment. Everyone has a moment, right? When they've reached a milestone or an achievement. Okay. And, and I'm not, and, but this is like the ultimate one. So this is amazing. But I just wonder like, Ooh, what her moment was like when she just sat and was like, Oh shit. I'm the first president of the law Harvard law. I'd be like, that's so dope. And it gives me, it makes me smile. Like I'm smiling right now. just thinking like her moment. Ah, oh, that must have been so emotional, amazing, deep. Like, oh, all the feelings, Priscilla. <laughs> I'm sure you had all the feelings. If yes, you listen to our podcast. The, her ancestors <laughs> just so proud. Oh, I love it. So proud of her. Ah, yes. Goosebumps totally came to my head. Okay, so there's another one, too, that we wanted to highlight. is Katia Echazareta, right? Echazareta. Um, and she is the first Mexican-born American to go to space. Yeah. So she went up in June on the Blue Origin, and she was selected from over 7,000 applicants from over 100 countries. Um, and she was specifically chosen for her achievements in space as an electrical engineer. Go, Katia. Yeah. That's amazing. I think she's only, like, 26. Like, girl, oh my gosh. Yes, you are doing it. You are slaying Girl. the game like oh, I a mexican born american went to space we were up there <laughs> yes that was me i'm a mexican Joe, born american me. i'm just gonna like, say i went to space yes, like, <laughs> it just right? representation matters man like it really does and i just that is what gives me hope for the future you know like what what yeah the generation of our children our generation's children that are little right now and what they get to grow up to be and do and that it just that, yeah that's the hope that i want to hold on to yeah dude that's awesome i can't believe that what a moment for her are you kidding i was just talking about moments yeah. and you're just up there in space watching the world like how do you feel oh got yeah i'm oh sure that was gosh. a moment yes congrats girl we love you mm-hmm. we see you keep doing the damn thing um, another fun win. So I, I didn't want to go a, a little bit to the Hollywood side or hey, this, love it. This is a little music, but um, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Bad Bunny right now. Yeah, um, I remember when I first started listening to him. I don't know, like probably like five years ago at this point, you know. And he was just still kind of starting off and not that big, but. Spotify recently confirmed back in May that Bad Bunny became the all-time most streamed artist globally <gasps> on Spotify in a single day. So he racked up 183 million Spotify streams within 24 <gasps> hours. Like, oh my gosh! A Latino is just out there putting music out, bringing joy into our homes, into our ears, into our hearts. And globally is just like killing it. I think that's just like so amazing. Yes, that's that's beautiful because honestly, that's where a lot of influence comes from. Is who do we see in the media? Who are, whose music are we listening to? Like all that is really what opens up like awareness about other cultures. So, dang, go Bad Bunny! Oh, and we both have put it out in the universe that we would love to have Bad Bunny on as a, a guest. So, yes. you know, if anyone out there wants to make it Have happen, I would love to hear. <laughs> right? Because, like, I love just, like, their their expression of who they are and, like, breaking gender norms and just, like, the positive messages they always send. And 
Yeah. And they break through, they broke through on like commercials and stuff like that too. So yes, Bad Bunny, yeah. he, he's you know, really yeah. doing it out there. Like a lot of the Latino artists right now, I know Becky G's been doing a lot of ads and mm-hmm. a lot of commercials. I love to see it. Um, Carol G recently won Best Female Artist for the Billboard Awards awesome. this year. Like Latinos are just out there killing the game and, you know, bringing joy, like making music that is bringing a little bit of joy to us in such a dark time I think and I just I love it I'm all about it I love that and beyond from beyond the grave Vicente Fernandez won a posthumous Grammy this year yeah I mean how amazing is that yes it makes me feel so good and warm (laughs) so uh, we want to bring it to like come back to our listeners um, because we asked our listeners like what are your highlights of the year so La Estrella who which one of our listeners came forward with a win when yes. we asked for our wins from our listeners? So actually, one of our sorority sisters, um, hey. and I'm so excited because she is an amazing soul, and her, her name is Yvette Mills, and she wanted us to share that she is a first-generation Latina who recently became an HR director for a nonprofit organization that focuses on early childhood education for all children. So... Um, I think wow. that's amazing, sis. Congratulations. Yes, We're so HR proud director. Of you. Yeah. Yes. Director, boss bitch. Okay, girl, we see you. At the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on a personal level. Pulling up level, your chair. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then on a personal level, she's been putting herself first um, for the first time, really, oh, and just yes. been focusing on herself, on her well being, on her self care just making sure that she's doing well. And I'm like, yes, girl, do that. Focus on yourself because when you're winning, everybody around you is winning. When you're doing well, everyone around you is doing well. And especially as a woman, right? Like we we gotta put that focus on ourselves because obviously there are things happening in society that wanna bring us down, but they can't knock yeah. us down. But look at this, exactly, we got to space. So now that's it. We can only go from here. Well, thank you, gente, for listening to our episode. This, um, As we end the season, we're ending season two. We're going to be back in September for season three. Um, and so I hope you gained, you know, anything, if not one thing, but just keeping the hope while also being authentic with your feelings. Um, and you're going to continue seeing us on Instagram, um, just spreading that, you know, just continuing the conversation around mental health and checking in with each other. And what we're trying to do is build generational mental health over here with the yes. Queens. Yes, so that's what we're going to keep doing, but we're super excited to wrap up the season and bring a new season and, you know, continuing to to bring conversations up to light that are important to our comunidad. And, you know, just a final message to our listeners. Thank you for listening to us. I, I hope that, you know, what we talk about and the content that we're bringing you resonates with you. Um, we see you, we want to hold space for you and you know, we're going to be all right, gente. We're going to be all right. We're going to make gonna it. We're right. going to make it after all. <laughs> or hey. our way, we going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you, La Estrella, for having this wonderful conversation with me and we will see our listeners next season. Yes, thank Adios. you, Adios. Adios.